Today, I'm joined by the co-founder of Hoxo Media, Sean Anderson, a good friend of mine. He helps recruitment agencies actually build their businesses via LinkedIn through branding and LinkedIn content. And he's also the host of the RAG podcast, which has got over 25,000 monthly listeners and has 32,000 followers on the LinkedIn platform. And Sean also runs a dedicated academy teaching firms how to actually use LinkedIn and build their businesses via LinkedIn. And Sean, I'd say you're probably the biggest authority on LinkedIn that I personally know, which is why I wanted to invite you on and chat with us today. And we're going to actually talk about what's working right now, how to really build a brand and build authority on LinkedIn. And uh, Sean has got a lot going on. So we're going to try and keep this brief, but as valuable as possible. So Sean, I want to hand it over to you so we can get stuck right into this. What would you say that is some of the things that you're doing on a weekly basis on LinkedIn to help you with driving your own business forward? Um, what are the things I'm doing? I think, firstly, thanks for having me on, mate. I appreciate it and for the nice intro. Um, the uh, Everything that I do is what I teach. So I live and breathe what I actually teach and I, I'm a practitioner. I'm, I don't come from a marketing background. I don't. I used to be working recruitment, so I used to do the job that my clients do. Um, and I did, I did everything they do now which is what I call an offline recruiter. Someone who has a LinkedIn account open, someone who spends a lot of time looking on LinkedIn. You think about recruitment, which is the industry I serve, their whole business, 90% of the industry is on it. They spend all day on it. Like it's open all day. So they use it, but they don't add any value on it. They don't understand that actually all the value they have lives offline. So the con- when I say offline, I just mean phone calls, meetings, Zoom calls, face-to-face. So they have a one-on-one, like me and you now are having a one-on-one conversation. But the fact that this is streamed and, uh, and available open on the, on the online domain becomes an online conversation. And that's the bit. So what, what I try and do is make sure that my presence on LinkedIn is a clear reflection of what I'm saying offline. So I don't limit myself to the offline comments. So if you, you know, the average recruiter has five, maybe I mean, about five calls a day, maybe 10 at a push. So if you think about that, that's, at the top end, it's 50 a week. That's, if you don't have a week off, really, it's two and a half thousand calls a year. And it's actually to the same 500 people on average. It's never like two and a half thousand new people. It's like you're always going around. So you're never really breaking out of that 500 work per, per person world. Whereas on LinkedIn, you can get a thousand views on a post pretty comfortably without any real following. So it's the scale of LinkedIn is insane. So it's three things. I look at growing my network, engaging with my network. So it's how I build and engage that. Then it's my content and it's being authentic and consistent. And then it's follow-up. So it's understanding where to look on the platform to drive opportunity from us. Because it will always still, deals are still done offline. They're still done on the phone and in meetings. They're not, you don't do deals on LinkedIn. It's not like people just see you and buy your services. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got some kind of e-com, e-com product. At, at, or a link to buy something that's pretty low ticket, yeah. which is not what you Yeah, and, and people, but I don't do that. So it's for me, it's always still trying to drive that strategy conversation, that consultative conversation. For, no longer really for me, it's for my team, but it's still the same principle. And so, like you're talking about merging the two worlds, your offline world and the online world, and trying to recreate what you'd normally do offline in the online yeah. space on LinkedIn. What does that look like? Is it is it the content that you're producing and is it a specific type of content? Is it certain actions that you're taking online? Like, What are you doing on LinkedIn? 
Yeah, so I, I break down my content into kind of like three pillars. So I look at stuff that's non-business related. I kind of I kind of structure it on a call, right? So if I look at a call mm-hmm. with someone that I'm trying to convince to work with me, there's three things I'm going to do. I'm going to try and build rapport. So the first five minutes of a call or a meeting, I'm always probably trying to find something that we have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so my content is, a, a, it's only a small, less than 30% of my content will be about building rapport at scale. So like I talk about the fact that I'm a big Man City fan and that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm having, I'm having a, my own child. I'm, I'm a stepfather. I talk about these things that are quite vulnerable at times, but and some of them are really high level. Like I'll share books or podcasts or shit that I just listen to. Apologies if I swear, I'll try not to try to keep that to a minimum. Cool. Um, but, uh, but, but, but basically non-work related rapport building content stuff that and you'd be surprised if you actually look at linkedin now your feed is full of it people love it people engage with it so mm. it doesn't all connection based content is what i call it but that connection based yeah. content right it's not value yeah. it's not sales based it's just about no, you no, type it's... content yeah yeah exactly that and then you've got the i call it valuable and credible which is the business related stuff so if you look at the call <laughs> you're then probably going to have a knowledge share you're probably going to give some free information away on a call you're going to say look i think you should probably look at this have you thought about this and then you're going to look at you're going to have to explain your track record to someone like you have to show credibility so you'd be like look i've actually already worked with someone like you very similar situation here's a profile you know recruiters all day will say mr client i'm already working with your biggest competitor like we've just placed 15 people into x y and z company that are doing exactly what you're doing you know, we, you should be working with us or candidates. They'll be like, you know, I've already found five program managers roles in these exact, who were in the exact shoes you're in, in the last three months. So I'm the right, the right recruiter for you. And again, I know your audience are are PTs, right? Online PTs. So same thing, you know, I'm already working with, you know, women looking to lose baby weight or whatever the bloody niche is, you know, so, so it's, the business stuff should be based are based on two things. It's free value and then it's showing credibility, which is more of your sales content. That's your conversion content, you know, because when you show, you know, I look at, I watch your stuff and, you know, you show a lot of the wins that you, you have. And to me, that's credibility all the time. Whether I want to work with you today or not, I'm, 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 you're slowly, you're slowly showing me you're good. And even if I, you know, even if I don't engage on that stuff, because I, I think the, the, the challenge with credible stuff is people don't naturally engage on it as much as, say, the person or the vulnerable stuff. Bang yeah. on, bang but, on. But but it still drives. But that's the stuff that actually yeah. people, people are watching. So, people are watching. Yeah, so I get people. I get people that first notice me because of my French bulldog, or because of my Man City fan. Henry. And then they what then they that? learn then they learn a and then they learn loads of shit from me for months because I'm always giving it away. And then. It might be that one day I'll post about that guy who's just made a million on from his LinkedIn account in the last 12 months from working with me. And they'll go, it's, I've got to find out if I should work with this guy. And so it's, it's not a complete linear line that happens overnight, but it, three things, show your personality, show your knowledge and show your rec- you're good at what you do. I, I just don't see how that, you can call it what you want, name it all different names, but it's always the same three things, I believe that you know, build strong brands on online and that's LinkedIn, that's Instagram. It's all the same. It's exactly what we do inside of our Academy, right? It's connection-based content, value-based content and vision-based content, which is exactly what you described, right? You've got to have yeah. all three ingredients in there in order to convert, right? If you have one without yeah. the other, it doesn't work in the same way or is not as effective. So I love that you touched on that. You know, you grew your audience to, what is it right now? 32, 
plus thousand followers. Um, that's not something that happens overnight. But how did you go about getting to that level? Like, what were some of the things that you did to to build that size of an audience on LinkedIn? Stayed super consistent, right? I think there's there's a few things like you get connections. You can you can I mean there didn't used to be a hundred connections a week limit. So back mm-hmm. in 2016, 17, when I really went for it, like I was connecting to like hundreds a day, and you could just go in ham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think there's a there was i was pretty lucky the time i went for it i think i was i was on it a bit earlier than a lot of people and now mm. linkedin have, have but they, they only introduced followers a couple of years ago and the reason they did that was to copy the likes of insta and twitter and now tiktok and and facebook and remove, now as well and, yeah and remove the need to be a friend or a connection right so yeah. connections limit at thirty thousand. followers are infinite now think about it why would anyone follow you they're going to follow you for two reasons. One, they're a salesperson and it's their way of getting on your radar. It's cool. But the main reason is they like what you're talking about. Like you're producing value. So LinkedIn were very smart. They realized that actually as a, as a platform, it was very transactional. It was like connect someone, DM them, try and do business all, all over the platform. But there was no, it wasn't a social network like Instagram and network, Facebook and that. And they wanted to build a, a professional but social network. So by creating followers and limiting connections, they've, ina- they've forced people now to be more creative and try. And they, all these content creators are coming to the platform. And what they've also done is given free reach out. Like you can't get free reach on Instagram and Facebook like you can on TikTok or, or LinkedIn, right? You can post on LinkedIn and get thousands of views. Like my mate's just gone on, he's just launched a business selling, uh, helping people go alcohol free. You know, when he was in his recruitment job, he was getting a thousand views average on a post. Now he's getting 11,000, 12,000 views average because he's just appealing to people at a deeper level. And mm-hmm. LinkedIn are just throwing it out without spending any more money or any more time. So LinkedIn, you know, how I've done it is three things. Consistently connecting with people and engaging with them. But then the more content I've produced, the more people connect with me and the more people follow me. So it's just, it's just that. So it's like a two, two pronged attack, connect, 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 connect. But the more value you add, the more people then start. So I, you know, I probably over 50% of my connections have connected to me or followed me, not the other way around. You, you know, it'd be very hard to get to 30,000, just going at it yourself. You need, you need to swing it back. And people who don't produce, who don't talk, who don't step out of the comfort zone, they're always relying. Everything's on uh, is an outbound activity, which is tiring and demoralizing and difficult. <laughs> what about these tools, Sean? Walexy, LinkedIn Helper. Have you got any opinions on those automation tools that you can just stick on your account and let it run in the background? Uh, I don't. I don't like them. I think they're amazing for efficiency and time, but I know people who get blocked. Like I spend all day on LinkedIn, and I think the amount of people that get blocked for using them are. N- it's way more than you think. And it depends on, like maybe in your world, it's not as vital. So it's, you know, if, if, if you're not making much money from LinkedIn and you want to grow it for a fast, I believe Dripify is the one right now that is getting the best results and people are using to trial it. But for me, at the level I'm at, the thought, if I lost my LinkedIn account tomorrow because I used an automation tool, like that's my, my livelihood is so connected to it. So I think it depends on your appetite of risk and how much you worry about like what's the downside of losing because i know a guy i'm not going to name him he's got over sixty thousand followers in recruitment market he's one of the he is literally the authority of global recruitment and he's disappeared on linkedin in the last couple of weeks 
I'm convinced he's been banned. I'm convinced huh. he, you can't find him. I'm convinced he's been banned for something. And I'm like, the impact on him for that will be fucking massive. If he, if that's happened, to try and build it back, it'll, it, it'll do all right. But that's like it takes time though. Investment. Yeah, it takes time to build to that level. So, but I like what you said. It's very practical. Like you wouldn't at this stage because it's so high risk. Given you've got a yeah. great account anyway. But if someone's listening to this and they're starting from zero, a hundred connections and you want to take a risk and grow it quickly, like worst case scenario, you're not going to lose out much because your whole business isn't predicated on the success yeah. of your and LinkedIn if you, account. If you get to 2000 and you get blocked and you're like, well, I'll just, I can just build that back up on a different, just create a new email yeah. address and go. Yeah. So it's not, you know, I think it really depends on where you are and how, like if your world is not LinkedIn, but Dripify is the one. That's the one that I, I would recommend just from the amount of people I know who use it and tell me how good it's been. Okay, cool. That's great advice because I get a lot of people asking me about this app and this app and this app. And like, I'm in, in the middle, you know, like I know it's risk and I know there's probably some consequences of using those things that we're not even aware of. Maybe that's organic reach. Maybe it's flagging the account, even though it's not blocking it. And so it could be punishing yeah, 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 you in yeah. different ways. You know what I mean? These These tools and social media platforms just don't like automation full stop. They just do not like it. So it's good to get your perspective on that. Um, you've got the LinkedIn premium options, right? So you've got the LinkedIn premium accounts where you can actually see analytics. You can see this view in your, view in your profile. Is that something that you use or suggest using? You have to have. You have to. Have. You have to. Yeah, the free LinkedIn is a waste of time. Like you can't see anything. Like I can, you know, I, I, I have Sales Navigator, which is a slightly more expensive version of premium and it's more business development focused. There's premium sales now, and then on the recruiter side, there's, there's tools for recruiters specifically because that's, you know, recruitment is the kind of home of LinkedIn, finding jobs, right? It's where it started from. So, and they are fucking expensive. Like you can be spending five grand a year on a recruiter license. Like it's expensive. Um, but you can then effectively like in-mail anyone on the platform and you've got access to people that are saying they're looking for work and things like there's a lot of things you get for it. But the, the premium is the minimum expectation. If you genuinely want to build on LinkedIn, you need a premium because... Without that, you can't see certain things. Like, for example, if I look at your profile today with premium, you can see it. Now, the intent-based activity of someone taking the time to look on your profile, when there's 900 million users on the platform, that is not something to ignore. Like, if, if Instagram showed you that or Facebook showed you that, you, you, you know, you, you'd use it. LinkedIn shows you that data. It gives you a list of people every single day that have taken the time to look you up. For fuck's sake. I mean, that is gold. That is literally like liquid gold. And it's what 50 quid a month to get that that like, you've got to pay for it like that's the yeah there's a free trial usually as well if you've never used it i think there's yeah. like a 30-day free, free trial just to use it and use that that specific tool that you mentioned about that visibility tool who's looking is that someone yeah. that i can then inbox and see hey do you need any help yeah. with x y and z based on the fact that you checked out my profile what's the yeah. the main benefit then from premium to sales nav you mentioned obviously in mails and stuff i know you can send messages to people that you're not even connected with but are you actively using yeah, that? not as much as i probably should anymore but yeah this sales navigator is like b2b sales so if you're trying to like you can do searches on companies based on company size and revenue and growth and things like that and you can get decision makers broken down really well so it gives you more of like an uh, a detailed look at an organization that you're trying to penetrate i think if you're going b2c just use premium like just use premium benefits yeah yeah okay got it well i appreciate we've been going for about 50 minutes i know you've got a That's lot right. going on. i've got a bit of time i've got i could do another 10 
and then awesome awesome well let's keep going then because i'd love to ask you a few more things are you seeing any changes on the platform and things that people should be aware about in the last six or 12 months that weren't things to be aware of prior to that is that is there been changes that people need to look at and maybe leverage or is it the same is it there's nothing really changed no there's definitely some subtle changes i think i think the, the, the most obvious changes there's just more people like the fact you're having this conversation and i'm always having this conversation there's just more and more and more people taking linkedin as an option so there's still a small percentage it's actually a tiny percentage of linkedin users that actually post i think it's 0.25% right so of all the 900 million members only 25% of them actually go to linkedin once a month and only 1% of that 25% actually writes anything on the platform so 0.25% of all linkedin users contribute to the community right which, which is, is tiny cr- tiny but it's still a, a fuckload of people um and then it's growing every single day so impressions the ability to get free reach is getting less and is getting harder with the more competition on there so i remember 2017 i could literally post a video walking down the street talking about anything and i would get a quarter of a million eyeballs on i remember it. you doing this yeah. i remember you and doing I this it. And it was, and, yeah and i just was like this is bonkers no one's doing it and it was great now you wouldn't get more than 20,000 on something like that. So, you, you know, it's, it's just getting harder, but it's still an amazing opportunity. Let me dive in on that because I remember when I started my business five years ago, you were ahead of me doing stuff on social. And I looked at you and I'm like, why is he doing that? Sean's always on social. Sean's always video himself. Sean's always like documenting everything. And because I wasn't at that stage in business, I didn't get it. Like why you were doing it, why you were getting on camera, why you were talking to your phone all the time. From, from an outsider's perspective. And so I know there's going to be people listening to this and not really grasping the, the importance of putting yourself out there and on the platform. So like if we rewind to when you were doing that and I wasn't doing that, what would you say to me to encourage me to do it? Because you knew it would benefit my business. Well, again, it's, it's understanding the why, isn't it? What's the reason for it? It's like some people think it's just a really ego-driven activity. Like they just, they're frightened of it. They think I'm just a self-obsessed person. And that's, that's always going to be what some people think, and that's okay. The reality is if you are trying to build your business and you're wanting to make money from outbound, you're trying to do business development, whatever format, that requires attention. Right, you that's all it is. You need the attention of someone. Even if you're phoning someone, if they if they answer the phone, you've got their attention. It might only be for 30 seconds to tell you to bugger off, but you've got their attention, right? And I worked out, having worked in sales for 10 years prior to starting my business, that my attention was always directly related to the, the, the outbound activity. So was it, I used to knock on doors, right? If they answered the door, I got their attention. If they weren't in, I didn't. I then went to recruitment where I just rang people all day. If they answered the phone, I got their attention. If they didn't, I didn't. That, if I sent them a DM on LinkedIn and they replied, I'd got their attention. If they didn't, I didn't. And I realized, because in 2015, 16, I started listening to podcasts. So what we're doing right now. And it was mainly like US-based guys about worldwide stuff. And I realized I was learning from people that I'd never met. I was building an opinion on them. And I was starting to buy things from them. So I bought some courses online and I you know, invested in books and things. Based, and I was like, and I remember there was a guy arriving in London from America that was like, I'm going to do a meetup in a pub in wherever, I think it was Battersea or something. And I couldn't make it, but I was like, I was prepared to like drop what I was doing and travel across London to meet a guy I'd never met just because I'd listened to his podcast. And I was like, 
fuck, like, how's he managed to do that? And I thought, when I start my business in 2017, I want that impact on people. And I want to be able to scale myself because I know I'm, I'm only going to make 10 calls a day or 15 calls. I can't, I can't do more than that. Life's about living as well. I've got, I was in a relationship and I, you know, there's things I was doing that wasn't, I couldn't just spend all day working. So I realized it actually, I could do that. And then I did play a bit on LinkedIn and I played a bit on Instagram and I played a bit on Facebook and I kind of had a bit of a sporadic strategy at the beginning. I didn't really get it. And then I, I realized that Instagram wasn't the platform that recruiters were really engaging with me on. It was more just friends and I wasn't getting anything from it. And then I kind of felt that Instagram's reach and engagement was very much based on how people looked. So like abs and beach bodies and bikinis and you know it's it was almost like a sex sales platform and i think it still is a lot of that it kind yeah. of put me off and i and i stopped using it in 2019 i've never gone back which maybe i'll regret but i didn't whereas linkedin was more about what you knew and and how you communicated it so it, it just became something that i realized if i could grow my linkedin connections that was i didn't think about followers anything about anyone coming the other way i just thought if i grow my connections every day and i talk to them every day about something relevant to me and my business, it's got to help. I didn't have like an amazingly cal- calculated strategy, but then really quickly, within like the first two weeks of doing it, I got leads. I got people saying, hey, Sean, love your stuff, by the way. Like, could we find out more about your services? And I was like, fuck, I, I didn't ring them. I didn't have to do anything other than put that little phone video up or put that little bit of thoughts up on the platform, get on with the rest of my day, make all the same calls I was going to make, but my brand was working for me in the background. And actually there was days where I wasn't even working and I'd get a message or I'd be ill and I'd get a message. I would go on holiday and someone was still watching something I did a week ago. And I was like, fuck, this is a, this is a game changer. And then I just got obsessed with it. And, and then I created a podcast, which has gone really well. And I do stuff. I, I, I repurpose a lot on YouTube. I don't really focus on YouTube. LinkedIn is my primary platform. Um, but yeah, like I think, and again, it doesn't cost a lot. Like now I'm at a position with my business where, you know, I've got 30 odd employees. We've got 350 customers. I'm coaching 5,000 people globally. I could afford now to look at things like ad budgets and highly produced videos and all these things. But at that point in my life, I had me and a phone, you know, and a basic tripod and a cheap mic and shit. Like it was just about getting on with it. And actually, if I look at all the stuff I've, I've invested in, that raw, authentic content still tends to do the best, even now. Like, even if I just pay for some really fancy video to be done, I still people still respond really well to a wobbly video of you walking down the road. Like, it's it's got that authenticity to it that people tend to like. That's interesting. So, if everyone's listening to this and they're like, "I get it, I get it, I get it. It makes sense. It's going to build my business. It's going to bring my build my brand. It's going to get me uh, leads. It's going to get me people." Uh, reaching out and asking about my programs, my services, my offers, but I'm just scared, yeah. Sean, to put myself out there. I'm just scared. Like, how do I, how do I yeah. start? What do I do? What's step well, one? What was the step probably one talk you? to you? They should probably talk to you, right? Um, that's what, that's what the main aim is here. I think they should, they should talk to someone like you, right? Who understands it from their perspective and works with people like them. But if they were just wanting to go on it alone, my simple bit of advice is to look internal rather than external so the first thing people do is go what am i going to write about fucking what are people going to want to hear about and they think outwardly and they get they get lost in the sea of of of, of, of writer's block and it's, it's it's really scary whereas if if you flip the script and look internal and look 
at your life right now, what you've been doing and what you were saying on, just look at your last three calls with a client or three meetings or three PT sessions or whatever you're doing. Mm. I think when was there a time where I was able to help them and they thanked me for it? Because if someone said, cheers for that, you can guarantee that if one person said it, there'd be multiple people who would appreciate it. And if you can package up that little bit of advice that that person said, thanks for, and put it on LinkedIn as a video or as an image or whatever, then you can guarantee there'll be more people that will say thank you for it. And, you know, if there was that one story you told about your life that people laughed and you interacted and you can, you know, you had that little bit of connection, then again, there's going to be more people that will connect with it. There's always going to be some people that don't like things, but that's just life. And again, if there was one story that you told about a client that got that last customer to buy from you, where you were like, you're just like Johnny and Johnny did this and I got him here, then there's going to be more people who will buy into that story and will be, will, will benefit from reading it. So it's, it's not a forward facing activity. In fact, it's a reverse of that. It's looking inwards and deep at what you're already doing. Cause if you are already saying it and you're already doing it, as long as you carry on doing your day job, you've got an infinite, you're going to have an infinite stream of ideas for LinkedIn, but it's knowing how, and that's what I do as I help people in my world, understand themselves and, and access that like there is a lot of there's a lot to it most people will you know get so far on their own and then they'll want some help and some advice to systemize it and things like that but if you just want to get going i'd focus on those those things i love that because it's not complicated it's look at what's already happening outside offline in your life in your business in your interactions with clients and then just flip it then into something that you kind of just talk about vocally online. That's all it is, right? It's an experience yep. turned into a piece of content, not I need to create create a piece of content. It's 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 kind of like what a lot of people say, document, don't create. Document what is already happening and turn it into a piece of content that has some form of value. Right, so or Gary, does v. Other Gary V, we went to see him years ago. Do you remember? Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- he got me to start this this podcast not he's, this one but he's the, the guy he's 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 the one for me that really explained it in a way that like no one else did that like yeah looking at creation is a skill that most people don't have mm. but documentation of your own shit like that's everyone can do it people are more comfortable with different levels of it and that's my final bit of advice is don't try and be me or you or someone else that's not what we're trying to do here but also if you're the type of person that, you know, doesn't like sharing something, then try and just push yourself a, sl- a little bit out of your comfort zone. I'm not saying go to like deepest, darkest thoughts and depression and share everything about your life. But if, you, if you're the sort of person who's really reserved, then just dial it up by like one notch. Share something that you wouldn't normally share because you'd be surprised when you come out of your comfort zone, magic happens. Like if you stay in your comfort zone and only do what you've always done, you can predict what's going to probably happen based on past, past results.